I'm Daniel Huang. This is the 1980 Podcast. Let's start with the reason why this company is called 1980. I was born in 1980, but I'm also a Xennial. It's a generation known as the Oregon Trail generation, according to Wikipedia. It's a micro generation of people in the cusp of Gen X and the millennials, formerly known as Gen Y. It can be as late as 1977 to as early as 1983, somewhere within that range. But the general description is people that have had an analog childhood and a digital adulthood. I remember as a child going into our internet service provider and getting a demonstration of the internet. Um, seeing email for the first time. And we did a little demonstration where we came into the um, internet service provider's office and he opened up his computer and pulled out some terminal and he sent off a message saying hello or something to that effect to someone in Berkeley. And a few moments later, it came back. And in that moment, I remember just being completely and utterly dumbfounded on what just happened. Because, you know, prior to that, we lived in an analog world. We used rotary phones, dial phones. The whole concept of a wireless phone was just miraculously weird. And then now we're sending a, a message that instantaneously went down thousands of miles to another location and came back all within about a minute or so. Of course, we, we look at back and we, we think that's silly today. We're completely full of emails all day long. But back then, that was just a complete revolutionarily change. The concept of the information superhighway. That's what we called the internet back then just really changed the paradigms of this world. We're able to send and communicate messages instantaneously, where the best thing we had was probably a fax machine that could send paper back and forth over an analog line. We were moving to this digital line. Uh, converting uh, with a modem, it's a little dial-up modem, you're converting uh, digital signals over copper analog lines, sending that all the way down to another location and back. Completely changed. And so as a child, I, I lived in an analog world, you know, where the phone was the norm, just dialing things up. Um, I remember using a phone book. When you schedule meetings or you schedule getting together, it was you set a time and you remember to go there. You didn't have a smartphone. You didn't have something reminding you. In fact, phones were all landlines back then. And then as I entered adulthood, things changed. In 2007, at that time I was 27, Steve Jobs had introduced the uh, internet communicator, the iPod, and uh, was it internet device, iPod, and something else. And he called it the iPhone. And I remember seeing Steve Ballmer making fun of it. 
$600 phone, completely silly, doesn't even have a keyboard. But when I got one myself and I looked at it, and I was like, this device is really going to change the world. Now, it didn't have the same impact as seeing email for the first time, seeing something transport. But it was kind of that next generation where the phone or the cell phone used to be just to communicate back and forth, possibly send a, a small text message, SMS, short message service. Um, and then now we're able to send it and use this device and have access to the world's information in our pocket. It was slow, of course. You know, when it first came out, it was using the 2G network. And so things were pretty slow. But the concept of loading up a web page on your phone was very foreign. Over time, this device has increased. Every year or two or so, it doubles in speed, just like Moore's Law. You know, you're getting technology that's in- increasing exponentially. So I entered adulthood. In my prime years, these devices were coming out. Prior to the iPhone, I remember being in graduate school and the Facebook was available. And also just a new concept. It's like, what is this? I don't know what this is. Um, but we were just at the cusp of that. And as I was, I was entering adulthood, that was my formative years where my view of the world was different. And at the peak of my former years, um, these two major technologies, social media, the iPhone, or eventually a smartphone, or now we just call it a phone, um, became the part of my life. And so one of the benefits of being a Xennial and the, the traits is when I grew up, technology just didn't work. Um, technology did not work at all. You had to troubleshoot it. You had to work on it. You had to poke around with it. We built our own computers. The software crashed all the time. And so in my adult and childhood, I, I learned all these skills on how to troubleshoot and work with technology, just knowing it doesn't work. And then now today, when Apple released the iPhone, their whole premise is it just works. It's magic. And that is how the world has changed. I think today we expect technology to just function. We've kind of even lost the ability to troubleshoot and work through issues. And so one of the benefits of bridging these two generations is I grew up in a world where I had to troubleshoot, figure things out, take it apart, put it back together. You really needed to know how the inside of the engine works in order to run the engine. And so that's one of the benefits. But let's fast forward into where we I'm seeing the future and we'll go from there. Now for 1980, I see the world slightly different. I'm of a certain age where I had to troubleshoot, fix the world, bridging two generations. Now I'm looking at millennials, Gen Z, I mean, these are, they, they're digital natives, right? And that's the gist. They were born in the digital world. They were born in a world when the iPhone was existing. They grew up with the iPhone. They grew up in social media. And so a lot of amazing things are happening with millennials, Gen Z, 
I think recently with President Trump and um, getting all caught up in his rally, I think Gen Z played a big role in it. You know, hacking the internet, creating more tickets than necessary at his rally and no one showing up. Incredibly powerful generation. But I think how do we bridge this generation between this futuristic generation that's has no regard for politics, no regard for the old guard. And then you have the, the old guards, the boomers. Okay, boomer, that phrase. Not getting out of power, not getting out of the way, holding us back. 1980 is a bridge company. We use storytelling, we use different techniques. But for the most part, my general vision for 1980 is finding a way to bridge these two major big gaps within our generations, bringing the best of an analog world. I remember a world where relationships matter, being in person matters, and now with the pandemic going on, I might actually be the generation that remembers what a world before COVID was, what it was like to be in person without fear of getting infected. 1980 was born out of Two generations, always straddling the space between two worlds. I'm not a digital native. I came of age in it. I'm not an old school curmudgeon. Because I came of age in a digital world. I know what powerful powerful things that digital things can do. And so, I'm sitting at home in my home office and just missing that moment where There was that ambient background sound of people talking in the office. Just that noise, it's gone. Because we're sitting at home, there's no people around. We're socially isolated. And I'm struggling. But I think, how do we get back the best of that world and move forward and always be moving forward? And that's whole part of 1980. I thank you for joining me in this journey. Now this podcast is going to be slightly different because I'd like to be able to narrate and help make sense of things in the world. There's plenty of podcasts out there interviewing experts, just getting great interviews, entertaining sometimes, but lacking some of that sense making because there's just too much too many podcasts. People like marketers like Gary Vee saying publishing 64 pieces of content a day. A podcast being created all the time. High-end productions, low-end productions, millions of videos left and right. How do you know how to make sense of this world? This podcast is really about sense-making. I'm trying to make sense of what's going on and trying to bring in some of the learnings of the past, embracing the power of the future, pulling us back a little bit. Let's use technology to help us, not just to be with technology because of its sake. And then not always putting 100% on just people. It's not always about people. Technology brings the ability to create transformative change. We can really take the world to a whole new place if we know how to embrace the capabilities of technology. 
just like that moment when I saw email for the first time. And I was awed, inspired, and saw all the possibilities. We are at that cusp right now. Technology is reaching to that point of maturity where we should be in awe with it. And we can imagine what is possible. And knowing that whatever we can imagine, we can create. And so let's imagine something great. Welcome to 1980.